is up, everybody? How are we doing? How are we living? We did an, an entire episode yesterday breaking down week 16. I had a great introduction, uh, probably one of the best ones I've ever done. Therese, you could say the same thing. Here's the problem, though. You guys are never going to hear it because we had a bunch of technical difficulties with connecting to the Wi-Fi, and it just kind of blurted out, and we are like, we're not putting out this type of product. We can't do it. So, again, another episode we've done this year which has gone to waste. But hey, this one is not going to be a waste. This is going to be a good one because we're going to be previewing week 17 of the NFL season. The final week, the NFL season is over. We kind of have an idea what teams are making the playoffs. There is a close playoff rush um, or a close run, I should say, for a lot of these teams in the AFC and NFC, the Chicago Bears, the Arizona Cardinals. You go to the AFC, is it going to be, you know, do the Dolphins find a way in? Can the Ravens keep a way in? Like, can these teams keep themselves here with a win or do the Colts who are currently sitting out right now find a way to get in with one of those teams losing this weekend there is a real possibility that is something that we're going to get into this entire episode uh Therese as always how are you doing great you're right so two episodes that we have now recorded this year that have gone to waste but um you know shit happens that's you know that's all we can say uh but we promise this episode will be good uh, like you said, last week of the regular season, then we get into some playoffs, and then it's draft talk. It's going to be awesome. We are not going to go away as soon as the season's over. We'll be here all year long. So um, let's just dive right into this. And that is starting off with what you, who you already mentioned, the Buffalo Bills um, and the Miami Dolphins. So those two teams fighting right now. I think the Bills basically have the two seed wrapped up at this point, and that is why the Steelers are benching a lot of their players because they know they're, they're going to have the three seed. So, one, do the Bills actually play all their guys the whole time? I My guess is they start sitting them in that third quarter some sometime in that area, and then the Dolphins are going to be, you know, full go. They know they have to win to be in, and it's going to be interesting. Um Last episode, that didn't happen. Uh, we talked a lot about the whole Fitzpatrick and Tua situation, about how Fitzpatrick has kind of turned into that closer role twice this year now. And, yep. like, is it good? Is it bad? And, it, you know, what we basically agreed on was it's unconventional, but it's working right now, so don't break what's not – or what? what is it? Don't fix what's not broken? Is that what it <laughs> yeah. is? Yeah, don't fix it up. if it's not broken. But for me – I still find it a little weird that I would want to see Tua be able to fight through that and be able to, but also at the same time with that Raiders game, he refused to throw the ball down 10, like further than like 12 yards. Mm -hmm. like, and you can't do that as an NFL quarterback. You just can't like, you have to take the risks. And so they were just like, Hey, wonder what Fitzpatrick, we know you will like you were Fitz, Fitz magic for a reason. Right? So I hope it doesn't come to that again this week. I hope Tua is able to fight through it. Um, I think that it's you're getting into a very sticky situation if you're in the playoffs and you have to do that and Fitzpatrick comes back and wins a game for you. I don't know if you can go back to Tua in the playoffs if that happens. And I, I think that's a really good point. But this is, again, kind of what we discussed yesterday in the episode uh, that is just never going to be heard. And it's just the fact that you know, like you said, it, it is unconventional in the way the Dolphins are doing this. But if you can play two quarterbacks and still find ways to win games with how good your defense is, you have to do what you have to do. Because Brian Flores, you know, coming in this year, a lot of people thought like, ah, oh, man, they're at least another year or two away from really being able to compete. Hell, they've won 10 games. You know what I mean? Like this is a team right now that 
is fighting for a chance on the playoffs and that they didn't think this was a possibility this soon with Brian Flores as the coach. They've spent money on the defense. It's there. You draft too early. And, again, my point yesterday with this was like, hey, instead of letting your quarterback find ways to win while you're losing games, find a way to bring in Fitzmagic and let him just take over the game and you can still win because – you know your defense is good enough to win you games. You know the defense is good enough to get you the ball back. Why go through the entire process with two and being like, all right, hey, like this is a learning lesson. This is a mistake you don't want to make because this is going to cost us a game. So instead of them having a record of being like, you know, five and ten, they're ten and five right now because it's like, hey, we do have two of playing. But when he reaches this point and there are mistakes, it's like we can take him out. We can put in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Things are going to keep rolling and be just fine. And then we can go to the film room with two and be like, hey, this is what you did wrong. Look at how Fitzpatrick, you know, made the right read, made the right decision and executed this play. And this is something that I think can help Tua out because instead of having to deal with the negativity of like, oh my gosh, he's making mistakes and costing us games. It's like, hey, he was taken out. He saw the right, the right way to do it. So when he comes in next year, hopefully he is the guy, depending on how this playoff situation rolls out. And he is the guy from start to finish on games. It's like, okay, I've already seen this. Like, I've already been over this. I know this defense. I understand it. I trust myself to make this throw and this read. Like, I know what's going on. And I think it might, it could possibly help him for the future. But then in me saying all of that, it's the real question of what you asked. If this happens in the playoffs and you do put into it and then you bench him again for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick wins you a playoff game, is Tua really the guy of the future? Or do you need to go back to the drawing board and it's like, oof, that's a top 10 pick right out the window because this guy is not getting it? Yeah. And I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily saying he's not the guy. I mean, just for this year, like yeah. the, the rest of this run. Like it's, it'd be a hard thing to go back to because especially when you lose, and I'm sorry, Miami, you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So when you lose, it's going, it would be like, well, we should have just rolled with Fitzpatrick. That's when it's going to happen. So, yep. um, so, but going back into this game, so they play the Bills. Again, I don't think the Bills play their starters the entire game. I bet some don't play at all. Um, Bills are still one-point favorites. Uh, Vegas clearly thinking that they play long enough that they can get a lead and hold on to it, but it's going to be a close one. Um, so before we dive into who we think is going to happen, going to our record, uh, you caught up two games on me last week to make this very close. So you are now 132-104-4. and four. I am 133-103-4. and four. So I, I have you by one game right now. Mm-hmm. So all of these matter. Let's see what happens here. So I'll let you start us off. Who do you have out of – we'll do, we'll do every other. So I'll go next. So, okay. I'll, but I'll let you um, start this one. With this game, I really think it's going to come down to the fact that the Buffalo Bills know – or excuse me, the Dolphins know. The Miami Dolphins know they have to win this game if they want to get to the playoffs. If they win, it guarantees the fact that they're in. They don't have to rely on anyone else losing, anyone else winning. They are in control of their own destiny this week by beating Buffalo. Here's the thing with Buffalo. They want to roll into – they want to go into the playoffs as hot as they can be. You know what I mean? You – beat New England, you destroyed the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Now you want to show like, hey, we're going to do the same thing to this division game, like to this division foe. We don't care. You want a chance in the playoffs? We want to prove we're the best team heading in. So we're going to annihilate you. And I think the Bills, even though they're not going to be playing all their starters for the entire game, I think they do enough at the beginning to just 
dominate and showcase like we are the better team we are the head dogs heading in hopefully as the two seed i think they're pretty much locked it in for the afc and they win this game so i'm i'm picking the bills to beat the miami dolphins by more than one point i i am as well so we are both going to take the bills and just so everybody's like wait they haven't locked it up we understand they haven't locked it up they have the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers at 12 and 30, mm-hmm. but they have the head-to-head victory, so they have that tiebreaker. And the Steelers have already said they're not playing majority of their starters. So you got to. We're just assuming, and I mean we'll get to it later. We're just assuming the Browns probably win that game. So the you know that's that's why we're saying this. So okay, yep. so we're both taking the Bills there. Moving on, we have the Ravens at the Bengals, and the Ravens are 11 and a half point favorites. Um. We got into a long discussion on this yesterday. Uh, so I think the Ravens are on a roll right now. I think they've been in playoff mode for over a month. I think Lamar Jackson is playing, honestly, his best football that he's been playing the last few weeks. Yes, some have been about with lesser opponents. Some have been with, I think, you know, pretty good opponents. I, I mean, the Browns are a very good team, and he did a very good job there. So um, with all this being said, the Ravens know – they have to win to get in just like the Dolphins. They, you know, they got lucky that the Browns lost last week, or if the Browns would have won, they would be the one in the Colts position on the outside looking in. So um, with all that being said, I like what the Bengals are trying to do. Their defense is really stepping up. It's, you know, finally starting to play well. We talked about this a lot um, last off season about how we thought we liked what they were doing. It just took them almost a full season to get to where they would need to be. And of course it's now when Joe Burrow is not playing, so that's unfortunate. Um, with all that being said, I think this is a huge, huge Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins game. I think they just try to run it down the Ravens or sorry, the Bengals' throats. The problem is, is eleven half is a huge number, and I'm having a tough time actually seeing them winning by eleven and a half. I think it's more of like a ten point game here. Um, I'm still going to take the Ravens. I, maybe they just want to set the tone, uh, like you were saying with the Bills, and they want to just go in with. I think that would make it four straight games with double-digit wins, or maybe three straight games. So I would three straight games, yeah. Three because the because four was the, uh, the Browns game. The Browns game, yep, correct. Yep. So I will take the Ravens to cover the eleven and a half. And so I'm in a weird situation with this because, like Baltimore, they have been on a streak and they have been playing well, but like the teams that they've played, like the last five weeks, they played the Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't have. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we know that. They barely lost. They played the Dallas Cowboys. They beat them. They just ran the ball down their throat. Cleveland was a great game. That was a poop game for Lamar Jackson. And then Jacksonville, the game against Jacksonville, the Giants, they just annihilated their opponents, which what they should have. You know what I mean? They beat New York by 14 points, but as we discussed yesterday, Treese, like the Ravens dominated that, and it was mainly just the Giants getting you know trash points and yardage at the end of the game to make the score look decently closer than what the game really was. My thing here with the Ravens is at this point, you are rolling into the playoffs super hot, but you're going in as a lower seed. So you're going to play one of the better teams in. And it's like, does this transition over or are you at a point where you've been playing all these bad teams and you've been getting away with everything, like anything that like you've might be doing wrong or like weaknesses it isn't being exploited. And I don't know if the Bengals do that, so I am going to pick the Ravens as well with this 11-and-a-half spread because they should beat the Cincinnati Bengals. They should destroy them, and I think they will. 
Now, I do think that the Cincinnati Bengals offense still has talent, and they still have been able to put points on the boards themselves the last couple weeks. As you know, they put over 25 points. Before that, they were struggling to score. But somehow, the last two weeks, things have been clicking with Ryan Finley at quarterback. And the point of this is, do the Bengals offense point something out with the Ravens defense as a weakness that gets exploded or exploited, excuse me, in the playoffs and they leave with another first round loss. Now, if you're a Ravens fan, of course you don't want to hear that. I do think this is a good team. It is really good, but we got to be honest about this defense. It hasn't really lived up to the hype that's been surrounding it. Now, a part of that has been dealing with some injuries throughout the year. You know, they were dealing with their defensive line guys being banged up. So, Maybe this is the point where they are getting hot. And, Trace, I know we dove into this a lot yesterday and, like, potential playoff matchups and what they would be if the season were to end today. Um, and if I'm remembering off the top of my head, if the Ravens – if the season ended today, the Ravens would be facing um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And within that, who did – we said the Steelers would win this game. Like, we said the Steelers would beat the Ravens at that matchup. Or were you saying that Baltimore would win? I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I'm saying Baltimore would win that matchup. Okay, and then Baltimore would face – do we just want to go back over the games, the teams that you had winning? We do, we do. I just want to do one correction, though. Um, it was Brandon Allen that played for the Bengals last week, and he is oh playing my gosh. this week. So That's right. Thank you. He is the one that got the 370 passing yards, which is crazy to think about um, from him after missing the game before. But, um, yeah, let's go ahead and go through the matchup. So, obviously, we have – if. Should we just do it as we think that it's going to be or the way it stands now? Um, well, the thing that I wonder, because maybe we should kind of keep going through these games as we go through it, because yep. yeah, let's just do that. Because I've, I do have a question, like if some of these teams are losing, which ones get in and which ones yep. don't? Because That's fair. Let's we do that, know then. for a lot of them, it's like they have to win to be in. But if, if there's multiple of them that lose, what happens then? So, so we're saying – we're basically saying the Dolphins lose – and then mm-hmm. this next game is the big one, right? So Jaguars at the Colts. Yep. Colts are 14-point favorites. Uh, James Robinson today just got announced that he's not playing again, so his rookie season is over. Um, fantastic rookie year. He's third in the NFL in rushing. He'll probably drop to about fifth when it's all said and done. Um, so, again, fantastic year from him. DJ Chark, questionable if he's going to play. Um, that whole defensive backfield is beat up. So. I think this is a huge game for the Colts. 14 points. Honestly, quite a bit. Um, I kind of think the Jags cover this, but they still lose. I'm going to say they lose by 13. So I'm going to take the Jaguars to cover this spread. Okay. Um, And I'm going to take the Colts to annihilate them. I think they're just going to run the ball down their throat. Like, it's just we're going to continue to feed Jonathan Taylor. We're going to get Pascal involved. We're going to keep, you know, Doyle involved. We're going to keep Michael Pittman Jr. involved. I think they just – they don't think they put everything on the table with their offense, but it's like, hey, like we're fighting for a playoff spot. We know we have to win this game. Let's play a flawless game of football and offense so we know what we can do heading into the playoffs and really put fear into whoever our opponent's going to be because they are going to be going in as a lower seed. Like they're most likely not winning their division um, unless the Titans somehow lose to the Texans, which we will be getting into later. Um, this is going to be a game. like These AFC South games, division games this weekend, matter a lot. So I am picking the Colts to win by 14. It is going to be a good one. Uh, let's get into this next one because this is a game that Trees kind of teased a little bit ago. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cleveland to face the Browns. Cleveland is favored by 10. 
the Steelers have already announced that Big Ben is going to go ahead and get himself a pre-bye week. He's not going to be playing this week. I think they're going to be resting some of their other starters as well. Um, but we at least know that it is Big Ben and Mason Rudolph is getting the start. Probably the most punchable face I've ever seen in the NFL, let alone just in human history. I look at that guy and I see the stupid dimple on his chin. It's like, I just want to punch that as hard as I can. You son of a gun. I don't even know. I just don't like like looking at Mason Rudolph. He probably deserved to get hit in the head last year by Miles Garrett. I said it. Here we go. Now, this game, I think the Browns win. I think they run all over the Steelers. I think this is another one of those games where Cleveland goes, we have to win to get in. We are in control of our own destiny. We do not want the season getting away. And then the Steelers, it's another thing of like, do we really want to lose another game to end the year? I'm picking the Browns to win, but I'm picking the Steelers to cover even though Big Ben is not starting at quarterback. I think they have enough weapons on offense. I think their defense is still good enough to make this a good game. I just think the Browns do something at the end to kind of seal the victory and the rolling in on a high with Baker Mayfield somehow making a game-winning play for them. I'm sorry for what I said about Mason Rudolph. No one deserves to get hit in the head by helmet. There you go. I like how you had to add that in before I started speaking there. Yep. Um, I saw the look on your face. For sure. So this one's tough, right? Because, I mean, exactly what you just said. But do the Steelers want to just be like, no, it is going to be because of us that you don't make the playoffs to a division rival. Like, I feel like that is probably something they want. But also at the same time, would they rather, if it happened to be, them face the Browns in the playoffs or the Colts in the playoffs? I think they'd rather play the Browns in the playoffs than the Colts. So there's also that. Um, and I'm not saying round one because that's not how it would line up. It would have yeah. a different round. But I'm just saying if they ended up meeting in the playoffs. <clears throat> I mean, it really comes down to do they want to face Baltimore or um, the Colts? Like, do you want to face Indianapolis or Baltimore as a sixth seed, right? Um, yeah, basically. So, but I, actually, I mean – Baltimore is going to move up to the five seed if, if things happen the way we think it's going to, right? If the, if the Bills If win, Miami loses. Miami yeah. loses. Baltimore actually jumps up to the five seed. Um, so you think that the Browns win, but they do not cover the 10-point spread. Yeah. I'm actually having a hard time on why they're benching Big Ben. I get it because he's probably a little banged up. They want him to get some rest. But this offense has looked so bad. Do you really want to go in with an extra week of, like, you guys not playing together? (laughs) I think he's professional enough. And, like, everyone that's been around, he's got a good enough relationship with his receivers and stuff to where they're fine. But, like, here's the other part that confuses me is, like, if Miami loses – Okay, so if Miami loses, they're out. And then it once everyone else wins, they're in. But let's say So let's, let's say just do Cleveland. This, so, so sorry. I'm gonna take the Steelers to cover and not win, just like you. So we're gonna say the Browns won. So we're gonna go off of our scenario, right? So we have the Browns winning, the Colts winning. So those are the bottom ones. We have the Ravens winning, but then we have Miami losing. So that drops Miami actually out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So now we would have it. uh, We would have it Buffalo versus Indianapolis in round one. And then we would have Pittsburgh against Cleveland. 
And then we would have Tennessee, assuming they win, assuming mm-hmm. we have them winning um, against Baltimore. If not, they would swap places with Indianapolis. And then it would be Buffalo at Tennessee. And then it would be uh, Indianapolis against Baltimore. And we said yesterday that if the Colts play Buffalo, they could possibly win that game. If the Colts played Buffalo, they could win that game 100%. Yep. My thought, like, the one thing that is confusing me is, like, what if multiple of these teams lose? I mean, then they, I mean, it, it would stay the way it is now. Like, give me an example of what you're thinking. So if Cincinnati somehow beats Baltimore and Buffalo beats Miami and then the Steelers beat the Browns, like if all three of those teams lose right there, if Cleveland, Miami, and Baltimore all somehow lose, where does the rankings go? If, say, if the Colts beat the Jaguars and Cleveland loses, Cleveland is out no matter what. Yes, but then Baltimore loses and so does Miami. Doesn't matter because they're already ahead of them. Okay. Because they're the seventh seed. Because they're the seventh seed. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, for Cleveland, there's two games that matter. Their own game because they control their own destiny. And then two, the Colts-Jaguars game. Those are the only two games that matter. Everything else does not matter. Um, Same with Miami. Um, Then Baltimore. Baltimore's in the best position. Because of who they play and how Miami has to play Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, so that's the AFC. We, the, I guess basically what we are saying is, unfortunately, we think Miami is the odd man out when it's all said and done because we don't have them beating the Bills, which is actually very unfortunate because I actually want to see Miami in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I do as well, especially with how good their defense is. Yeah, me too. I actually don't know, like, if I had to say who do I not want in the playoffs, I actually don't know what that answer would be. Um, I don't want Baltimore in the playoffs. I know you don't. And I, that's, is, this isn't me just hating Baltimore because they're rolling in so hot right now. And they struggled at the early – like, they struggled in the middle part of the year. And, like, in November, they struggled. And then they come in December, and they're just rolling over everybody. So, like, I know I mentioned the point earlier of, like, oh, they're not, you know, their weaknesses aren't being exploited. Fuck, what if they just don't have any weaknesses and everything's just clicking for them? Don't want to run into that damn machine. No, you Tennessee don't. doesn't because that defense for Baltimore, honestly, is built to stop Tennessee. Yeah, they had an awesome 100%. game 100%. Yeah, earlier in the year, they had an awesome game against each other. I think if I was a team in the playoffs currently – I think that I would want it to stay as is. I mean, I don't want to play, play Baltimore either, but like, I would much rather like just know Indy isn't in because Indy is the team that scares me. And that's another one right there that I'm with as well. Like Cleveland, get pressure on Baker Mayfield. He's going to make something. Like, you know what I mean? You score enough yep. points on their defense. They have to have Baker Mayfield throw the ball. He's going to make mistakes. Pittsburgh, Big Ben is old. We've seen weaknesses in their secondary that you can kind of exploit. You can get the ball downfield. At times, you can run the ball. You'll be fine. Miami's defense, they got talent all over the place, like legitimately, top to bottom. Pass rush, linebackers are fast. I can cover secondary. They've spent a shit ton of money on it. 
Tennessee, you stop Derrick Henry, you stop that offense. Like, that's it, 100%. You stop Derrick Henry, that offense isn't going anywhere. Buffalo, Buffalo's a team that wears me. They're currently ranked second. And this is me saying it as, like, a Chiefs fan of, like, what teams to face here. Because, like, you play Buffalo, Josh Allen can escape the pocket. He can move. He's going to run over the linebackers. He's going to run over secondary members. He's going to get that extra yardage. Throwing the ball downfield, they can throw it over the top. They got speed underneath. Like, shit. You know, what can't they do? And their defense, their defense, their secondary is good as well. And so is their their linebackers. Defensive line can get pressure too. It's like, of course, you know, these are playoff teams, so they're built to be at this point in the year. Like, they're playing good. They're playing very well. But still within some of these teams that make the playoffs, it's like, okay, well, hey, here's the weakness that's going to be torched, and you're not going to be able to find a way around it. And I know we're spending a lot of time in the AFC right now. We will be getting to the NFC here in a little bit because their playoff matchups are just as crazy and as we discussed yesterday for the episode again that you guys are not going to hear, we think there's going to be a lot of upsets in both of these divisions on these games, depending on how they match up. So a lot more to get into within that. But your answer, the team that you don't want to face in the playoffs or don't want to get in out of the four that are right there on the bubble is Indianapolis. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, Vikings at Lions. Uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, unfortunately – uh, his father passed away yesterday, and he is now no longer going to be playing in this game. So okay. he is not going to be playing, and uh, the Lions, it sounds like Stafford at best is 50-50. My guess is he doesn't play. So, um, But Minnesota's six-and-a-half-point favorites. I think even without Dalvin Cook, the Vikings end up rolling on this game, and I'm going to take the Vikings. Thoughts and prayers to the Cook family. That is a tough loss, especially at this point in the year. You know, right after Christmas, heading into the new year, something you don't want to see, especially with how tough this year has been. So thoughts and prayers out to him and his family. Uh, with this game, though, I am still picking the Vikings to to win this, favored by six and a half. The Lions don't have anything to play for. Like, they have nothing. Like, their pride's gone too, which is weird because that's what a Lions – all Lions are all about is pride, and this team doesn't have any right now. Next game, the New York Jets are playing – at New England to face the Patriots, the Patriots are favored by three. Honestly, I'm picking the Jets, and I know it's crazy, and I know it's absurd, and I know New England just got their ass kicked by Buffalo. They can play, they can come and be pissed off and don't want to play or whatnot. Cam Newton can't throw the football anymore. The Patriots, they don't have an offense. They can run the ball well. Guess what? The Jets' offense has somehow been clicking the last couple of weeks. I am picking them to win this game against the Patriots, and. I feel bad. I Actually, I don't. I don't feel bad for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Like, you had such a great run. You had a wonderful dynasty, and it has come to a crashing halt right now and head into the offseason and find a way to rebuild it with, through the draft and the money that you have with cap space. So, again, I think the Jets pick up another win, and it's just crazy to think about. I don't know about this one. This one's tough. Um I actually get what you're saying, and they're playing. The Jets are playing very well right now. I'm still going to take the Patriots. I think that they find a way to run the ball well, and um, they cause some turnovers for Sam Darnold. So I will take the Jets. But honestly, I kind of feel good with your your reasoning. But just to be different, let's do it. Uh, next one: Cowboys at Giants. A big game. Both of these teams are still in it for the NFC East, all depending on what the the outcome of the night game whoever loses this is officially out in the playoffs the winner then needs Washington to lose for them to get in so um 
this one's really tough. Giants, I mean, they were playing super well in that middle part where we were like, man, this team actually is looking good. And now they've kind of gone back to their old self. Um, and I actually like the way the Cowboys are playing. I like the way they played against the Niners. I like the way they played last week against the Eagles. I know the Eagles are beat up. Niners defense is beat up. But I still like the way they were moving it. I think that Andy Dalton, now that he's been able to kind of get his feet underneath him and actually be practicing more consistently, uh, I think that's been helping this offense. I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover this spread, which is three points for the Cowboys. Yep, and I'm going to pick the Cowboys as well. I mean, the last three weeks, three straight wins. They've scored over 30 points in each of those victories. You look at the Giants, they're struggling to score. You know, their last, excuse me, three losses, they have 26 points. Like, you have 26 points in three combined games, all resulting in losses. It's not good. Things are not clicking. The Cowboys are rolling hot. They realize that they have a chance to host a playoff game after how bad this year has been and everything that they've gone through. Amari Cooper finally had a big game. I would like to see that more consistently, though, with him. Same thing with Zeke. And, you know, but if you can get Zeke and Tony Pollard both rolling in the running game and the passing game, along with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, good luck slowing down this offense because when Andy Dalton's clicking, things are moving and it's a good look for the Cowboys these last three weeks, especially this month of December here um, as they finish out the year. It's just the defense that's concerning is if they get into, you know, the playoffs, can this defense be good enough to keep them in games? That's the real question mark. So these last three games that they've played, the only real close one that was good was against San Francisco. They annihilated Cincinnati and then they pretty much just beat up the, the injured and weakened Philadelphia Eagles, like Therese mentioned. So I am going to take the Cowboys to win this game as well. Our next matchup, the Atlanta Falcons playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, Tampa Bay is favored by six and a half, and I'm rolling with it. I think Tampa has to realize that, like, hey, if we want to make some noise in the playoffs and we want to make a true run for the Super Bowl, we have to find a way to get things clicking. And we saw that last week. You know, Tom Brady has four passing touchdowns and a half. Things were working flawlessly for him. Things are going well. Keep building upon that. And the thing is with the Falcons, they played the Kansas City Chiefs very close this week. Honestly, the Chiefs got lucky with that win. It is what it is. I'm taking Tampa to win this by six and a half. There's no reason that they shouldn't. So, bam, there we go. Yep. Uh, I honestly don't have much more to say on that one. Um, I also am going to take Tampa Bay on that one. Um, so, I think that the Falcons – I think they're broken <laughs> at this point. Um, also, yeah. there's reports now that they're saying that they may be trading uh, Julio this offseason, which may be interesting if that happens. Oh, I mean, wow. I mean, it's also kind of hard to say, though, because, like, they don't have a GM. So who whoever's saying that, also, like, do they really have a say in what, like, what it is? Like, unless it's the owner that's going to be, like, when he's hiring a GM says – Julio has to be traded before the season started, which I don't think that the owner would be saying that. Um, so uh, it's an interesting report, right? Because like they're saying that, but like you're not in charge and the person that's going to be in charge is not even in the facility yet. So how is that accurate? But an interesting note that it's being reported. So, um, but again, I think Tampa Bay wants that five seed really badly. So they're going to do what they need to do. And um Bruce Arians has already come out and said that they're going to be playing to win. So, yep. Um, um, our next matchup is Green Bay versus Chicago. Green Bay is favored by five and a half. Here's the thing I'm taking the Bears to cover. 
Now, I know Green Bay is going to be sitting here at a point of like or what they did against the Tennessee Titans. I think the difference in that game was they got up so quickly that Tennessee had to go away from their game plan. They weren't able to run the ball with Derrick, excuse me, with Derrick Henry. They were forced to throw it, and that's just not their offense. That's not what their offense is built to do, and it really played into the favor of Green Bay because, Trace, like we mentioned last week, and I know I talked about this again yesterday, um, is it was going to be the true test for the Packers to show that they're a complete team and that they can stop the run because since they played the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game last year, they haven't really had to face a team that effectively ran the ball against them, that just ate up the inside, you know, constantly running dives, you know, pulling the guard and just hitting the middle of the hole as hard as they could over and over and over to just destroy that defense. We thought we would see it with Tennessee. We thought we'd see it with Derrick Henry. The Green Bay Packers scored so fast on their offensively that, you know, they weren't able – we weren't able to see that aspect of the game from Tennessee and Derrick Henry. I think we get to see it against Chicago. Chicago's defense is built to – you know, withstand the firepower of Green Bay. They can get to Aaron Rodgers. They can create pressure. They can force turnovers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't really do that. I understand it. But they are also a very hard-hitting defense. And the way their offense has been playing for the Bears, it's been really good as well. Their last four games have been – excuse me, yeah, last four games they scored over 30 points. You love to see that if you're a Chicago Bears fan. Where has it come from all of a sudden? I don't know. Within their last five games, they scored 25 points or more. We talk about when you look at offenses that are really good. Man, they, they average 26 points a game. That's when an offense has reached a peak of, like, these guys can put points on the board at will. When we start talking about Kansas City's offense being so good and explosive, that's what they looked at. I was like, these guys are averaging 26 points a game. I bring up the Kansas City Chiefs offense because I'm at Nike. He was there during that time when that offense was really getting underway, you know, with Alex Smith at the end and the start of Patrick Mahomes. Matt Nagy is with Chicago. Things are finally clicking with Mitchell Trubisky in this offense. He's giving, you know, receiving options to – or he's throwing the ball up to Allen Robinson, giving him chances to make plays. And more times than not, he is making those plays. The other one is David Montgomery is running the ball so effectively. And the reason I said that this is going to be a true test for Green Bay with the Bears here is the Bears can show a weakness in the Packers of like, hey, we can run the ball. And if the Bears can do that and slow down the game and keep it in control, they could possibly win it. So I'm taking the Bears to cover, even though Green Bay is favored by five and a half. I know it sounds crazy. It's just the way my mind's working after watching the Bears the last five weeks. Um, so here's the thing, though. Derrick Henry, even though they were getting blown out, still had 98 rushing yards. So he still had his fair share of rushing yards. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think that they're going to have struggle with the run, which is, again, what I've been talking about all, all season. But I also think that the Packers dominate this game. I think that they, are, they know that they are going to get a week off and they are going, hey, let's end off at the highest note possible and destroy a division rival here. And – I think that this team understands they may be a little weak against the run, but their offense can score so quick and their defensive backs are so good that they can literally shut down most passing games that they're like, yes, it is our one minor weakness, but we think that we can have our linebackers play against the run and like, don't worry about the pass as much that I actually think that the, or the Cowboys, I think that the Packers come in and they do dominate this game. I think that they understand that they still are fighting for that one seed and they need to get it. And a win is going to get that. And again, 
let's let's not give teams like Seattle and the Saints hope that like, hey, look at this, look at this. They're they're having close games here. Like, just end off of another dominating win and make sure everybody has fear that they have to go into Lambeau Field in the playoffs. Boy, that is going to suck, having to play in Lambeau. Like, you saw Tennessee just – it's not that they couldn't. It's just nothing was working for them in that situation. Our next game is Denver versus Las Vegas. Vegas is making the trip to Denver. It's going to be a cold one as well. I'm trying to look at the weather right here for us. And – 52 degrees, take it back. It's not going to be that cold. I thought it would be a lot worse than that for some reason. Here's the thing. Both these teams stink right now. There's not a lot to be excited for. They're dealing with injuries. Nothing has gone the way that they thought it would at certain points of the year. And I really don't know who to pick as a winner. I think I'm just going to pick Vegas because of the disappointing loss they had last week. They know that they should have won that game, and they didn't. Denver, it's one of those things where – Anybody that could be hurt that is a playmaker on this team is dealing with an injury, and it's leaving them in a situation where they're very limited on both sides of the ball, and I think Vegas just runs the ball down their throat, and Derek Carr has a couple big plays himself, so I'm picking the Raiders to win. I also am taking the Raiders to win. I just think that – I think – we talked about teams that are broken. The Broncos are broken right now. I think that they got nothing going on. Jerry Judy needs the offseason in the worst way. Like, he's had his struggles with drops and everything that he needs to just go into an offseason and get that confidence back. So, I'm going to take the Raiders, even though that they play to not lose games or not win games. I don't know. They just play way too conservative. Like, we talked about this again. Um, on that Saturday game, like, that was such a shit show. Like. Go down and score. Like, I get it. Like, we talked about this. If you have, like, less than 10 seconds, then sure. If you can get it to that point, then kick the field goal. But if it's going to be 30 seconds, that's plenty of time, even with no timeouts, for stuff to happen. Like, if, it, mm-hmm. if it, you're going to give a team one play or no plays, then sure. Then you can kick the field goal. But not that much time. But I will still take the Raiders to end up winning this game. Um, it'll be just enough to have the Raiders end off of a high note and have a little bit of confidence going into the offseason. 100%. Um, moving on, we have the Chargers at the Chiefs, and the Chargers are actually three-and-a-half-point favorites, and you have to assume that is because uh, Andy Reid has already come out and said that some of the starters are not going to be playing. You have to assume that is going to include guys like, like Tyreek Kill, probably not at all. Uh, I bet Mahomes probably plays a quarter. I bet Kelsey probably plays a quarter, just like one or two drives just to, you know, get some stuff going. Uh, Honey Badger probably doesn't play very much. Um, So with all that being said, I will actually take the Chargers to cover this game. Um, I think they end up winning by about four or five points here. I do think it ends up being closer than what people would think with how many people are not going to be playing for the Chiefs. but Justin Herbert uh, will solidify himself as rookie of the year over Justin Jefferson with this one. Very nice. Um, And this is going to be one of those games where Patrick Mahomes is, I think like less or just two, 260 yards away from hitting that 5,000 yard mark again. So I do wonder if they let him play the whole first half and just see if he can, you know, get some big chunk plays and get that yardage and hit that 5,000 yard mark. Um, and then be like, all right, you played a half of football, get some rest. We're going to be off a whole nother week. Let's get prepared for our first game within the playoffs and hosting it here in Arrowhead. Um, it is going to be interesting to see. I do think the Chiefs get a big enough lead in the first half with that scenario that I've just created in my head um, that they do win this game, that they 
I guess they beat the cover right there with the Chargers being favored. Are we sure the Chargers are favored by three? This game is an arrowhead. I am looking at it right now. You are. Sure enough, Jesus. Silly gooses. Yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs. You were taking, taking the Chiefs knowing that Patrick Mahomes is probably not going to – Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, all of them are probably not playing more than a quarter. That's fine. All right. Okay. Uh, Cardinals at Rams. <laughs> um, so the Rams are in trouble. Jared Goff, thumb surgery. He's out. Uh, it sounds like Cooper Cup basically announced himself that he wasn't going to play this week because he's on the COVID list. And it sounds like you got to assume if he's saying that, yeah, I'm not going to be playing, that that means he probably has COVID and he has to sit out. So no Goff, no Cooper Cup, no, maybe not Akers. Akers is questionable high ankle sprain. Daryl Henderson has a high ankle sprain. He's out for the game. That's a lot of your offensive weapons that are now out. Defense is still intact uh, for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray got hurt on that Saturday night game. But sounds like he is practicing, so he may play. <sighs> Arizona one-point favorites. Damn you, Vegas. This is very tough. Tough pick em game. Um, I'm going to take Arizona to win this game. I think that they just straight up win it, which means that they will cover that one point spread basically. So Cardinals for me. And I'm right there with you. The amount of injuries that the Rams are dealing with, it's just going to be impossible for them to win. Uh, I know if you were probably watching this on camera trees, looking at me, you realize, wow, Austin's not paying attention to me talk at all through this. And here's the reason the Kansas city chiefs are starting Chad Henney on Sunday. So I would like to officially change nope. my pick. It's, we're past okay, it. That's how we're going to be. That's how we're going to no, be. No, I'll, I'll let you have the Chargers. I'll okay. let you have the Chargers. I appreciate that. So, within this, in the game that we're currently talking about, because I really went to Twitter and I was like, man, are they really just not going to let him play? They're not going to let him hit that 5,000-yard mark. Patrick Mahomes' regular season is over. That's fine. I don't even care. Go win a Super Bowl. Forget personal accolades. You got enough of them already. We're the same age. You're living, you know, with half a billion dollars in your bank account, and I'm in a one-bedroom apartment, so what's crack lacking? Uh, here's the thing. Back to this game, Arizona and the Rams. The real question is the defense. Can this defense create enough pressure and make Kyler Murray, who is also dealing with somewhat of a leg injury, become weakened in the pockets where he can escape, and he's going to have to sit there and deal with Aaron Donald in his face, getting that interior pressure where he's going to have to drift out, and then you got guys coming off the edge – and, you know, hitting him and making contact and making it tough for him to see over the offensive line or look, see through the holes that he has with the splits of the line for his receivers, I think it is going to be tough. And I think this game is going to be decently competitive, even though the Rams aren't going to have Jared Goff or Cooper Cup. All in all, I'm still picking the Cardinals because the Rams are dealing with too much offensively. But I do still wonder what this defense for the Rams could do against Kyler Murray in this offense. For sure. Uh, we talked about this the other day, but – I'm going to mention it. I also want the Rams to lose. I want them to be in that like 17, 18 area because the Jags have their first round pick. Give me number one, give me 17 or 18 and let's get going. Four picks in the top 45, maybe even better. So love it. All right. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You're of course taking Trevor Lawrence, number one, who do you want at 17? 
That's actually, so I've been going through that a lot in my brain lately. <laughs> like, okay, what, what do we have? Cause they have so many weaknesses. So a lot of people are having them take a tackle and, and, and Cam Robinson is a free agent. So I could see them taking a tackle, but I kind of think that they re-signed him. So actually fun fact, even though they got their asses kicked against the bears, um, Khalil Mack had zero quarterback pressures against Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson, which I thought was a pretty good stat. Wow. Um, He's actually played very well this year, Cam Robinson. Um, he had like one rough game, and then other than that, he's played pretty well. So I actually would not be opposed for them re-signing him for another like two-year deal and just having him stay in there. Um, so what I actually want the Jaguars to do, because they have, again, the most money in the NFL, I think it's going to be roughly $80 million, just under $80 million. Um, I want them to build their defense through free agency. And then I want them to build their offense through the draft. So uh, we talked about this a little bit ago. Uh, tight end is a need. I would think I would prefer that at pick 33. Um, they do need another wide receiver. So a wide receiver there would be awesome. Um, I also am not opposed to a guard in that situation either. Um, but again, if they didn't build the defense through the draft, or sorry, through free agency, uh, they need a defensive tackle. They need a safety. They need a cornerback. So uh, big, big thing is Sidney Jones. They signed him out of Philadelphia. Uh, he had a very good year, but was hurt. If they re-sign him, I think cornerback is less of a need and just roll with Sidney Jones and CJ Henderson. But if they don't re-sign him, it, I will say if they don't re-sign him, it has to be cornerback. That's probably what I would say at 17 or 18. Okay. Bam, that's how we fix the Jaguars. Look at that. Our next game, the Seattle Seahawks playing the 49ers. Seattle is favored by five and a half. Now, here's the thing. The 49ers, is C.J. Beathard the starting quarterback, or do we see top 10 pick, kid at a UCLA, or excuse me, yeah, at a UCLA, do we see him? Uh, I think it's Beathard. I mean, they just won that game last weekend, so I don't see why they would make that switch. I think it's Beathard the entire game. Um, I personally want to see Rosen play, though. That's fair. Um, I mean, but why, though? I Like, why do you want to – like, they don't have – yes, they have Kittle back, which is great, but they don't have either their top two wide receivers either, so – like, or their top running back. So I'm just like – why do you want to see him? Like if, if they had a full skill weapons there, then I'd be like, yeah, let's see him. Let's see what he can do. Cause the big thing when he was at Arizona, Ian and even Miami was like, there's no weapons on this team. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same thing, except for obviously you have Kittle, which is fantastic, but you don't have everybody else. So what's your reasoning? I guess. I just want to see Josh Rosen play football. Cause I still believe in him for some yeah, stupid idiotic reason. Nice. I don't know why. I just do. It's a personal agenda, I guess. I have Screw no it. idea why. I'm picking Seattle to win this game by five and a half. Their offense is going to be too good. Even if they're, I don't think they're going to be resting any starters because they're still um, – are they still fighting for number one seed? They can win the one seed. If, yeah. If Packers and uh, Saints lose and they win, they get the one seed. Look at that. So the Packers and the Saints have to lose? They don't have the tiebreaker over in New Orleans? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Cardinals. You're about to just get the shit kicked out of you. I am also with you there. I think Seattle steamrolls in this game. Um, all right. Speaking of the Saints, Saints versus Panthers. Saints are six-and-a-half-point favorites. They have had a nice long rest after just demolishing on uh, 
Christmas Day, where I believe last episode I promised you 100% they were going to win that game. You wanted to try to act like the Vikings were good because you've been doing that all year for some unknown reason. Whoa. Uh, Whoa, I have not. You have been on the Vikings train, bro. What? We can go back to previous episodes and and your power rankings about how they've always been a little bit too high. All right. It's fine. Everybody's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, look at me, dude. I said the Packers weren't going to be good this year because they won too many close games. I'll I'll eat that. I'll take that one on the chin. You should. Yeah. The Vikings, I'm just – I'm trying to think like what I praised them, like what I was praising them with. I maybe it was just a hope that things were finally going to click, and in the moment I said it was clicking, it just unclicked, and then it would click a couple more times. I don't know. Yeah, it's like when I you mean, try and start a car, and you think it's you know it's been dead for a while, and you think you know you get a jump started, and you just click 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 like ah oh, it's about to start. You go back, just click 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 click. Sorry for the sound effects, but. That's been the Minnesota Vikings this year. You just think they're going to start? Battery's still dead. You can't do it. Yep, for sure. Um, with all that being said, I'm going to take the Saints because they desperately want to make sure that they have the two seed. They don't want to be in that three seed and have to start playing better teams in the NFC. If the season ended today, or ended, you know, this was last week, Chicago would currently be there at the seventh seed. Do you want to face Chicago in the first round? Who's the sixth seed right now? I don't have it, I don't have it open. The sixth seed is the Rams. Shit, I'd rather play the Rams right now just because they're so beat <laughs> up. But they're yeah. not going to – but they're not going – like, you have to assume the Rams are going to lose, man, like, with how beat up they are. So, I think the Rams are out, and then the Bears would move up, and then you play the Cardinals. And I would much rather play the Cardinals than the Bears. If the Rams lose, are the Cardinals in, even if the Cardinals lose to Seattle? No, that's actually not true. You're right. So, but they would swap places though. Chicago would move up and the Rams would move down. Here's the weird thing. Like we actually have all those teams losing, right? We we have Carolina or sorry, we have Arizona losing. We have the Rams losing. You have the we both have the Bears losing. You have them covering, but you have them losing. Mm-hmm. So like we have all those teams losing. So like we would it basically would just stand pat and it would be Rams versus Chicago. So, yes, but I don't think that you can play like that. Rams, uh, it would be New Orleans versus Chicago. It would be New Orleans. Yes, yeah, sorry. New yep. Orleans. It would be Rams and Chicago, not them playing each other. Those would be the two teams in is what I mean. Yes. Um, gotcha. Okay. So, but you can't play like that, right? Because, like, the, and, again, the NFL did a fantastic job of pl- making these teams all play each other. And – Teams are going to be scoreboard watching like they obviously are because they're going to want to take their guys out as soon as possible if they know that they're in. Uh, but it does help uh, maybe not completely watching it or knowing the outcome before they play. Um, I think the Saints win and they just hope that the cards fall, no pun intended, in the right way. <laughs> okay. Um I just – I look at it like with Carolina – and, you know, the young offense and the young defense, do they look at this on like, hey, you guys want to fuck some shit up? Like, you just want to make the end of this year for the Saints as just hectic as possible? Let's just go out there and play lights out. Let's go play our best game of football with this offense and see what we can do. Because Christian McCaffrey, I believe he's out for the year, right? Like, Or is there a possibility he plays this game? 
Because uh, I, I see he's listed as questionable, but I haven't seen any final reporting. They have not, and it's too early, right? It's Wednesday afternoon. We're actually doing an afternoon yeah. podcast. Uh, so, like, they haven't even announced it, but, but you got to assume that they're not going to play him. Like, that's idiotic to play him. I mean, it would be, but at the same time, if they did it playing at home to end the year, like, Okay, sorry for the pause. I'm just thinking, like, I'm thinking, like, am I about to say this? I'm, I'm going to pick the Saints to win, but I'm feeling real deep down that somehow the Panthers just have that mindset that I just mentioned with Matt Rule coming in as the head coach, Joe Brady being there, and it was like, hey, let's just put in together one hell of a game plan. This is our Super Bowl. Let's go mess some stuff up. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's take care of business at home and end the year on a high note. I really want to pick the Panthers to just win this game. I'm not risking it, though, so I'm just going to pick the same as you and be the Saints. So if I'm right, you know what I mean? If we're both wrong, that's fine. Yeah. But do you have them covering? Like they can nope. still, the Saints can still win, and you can still I'm take not going to do that. All right. Not chasing yeah. the record. I see what you're trying to do. I'm down one game. Yeah, I know. This isn't going to be the one I lose it off of because the freaking Panthers just going at home. So. That's fair. That is fair. All right. Titans at Texans. So this one's actually an afternoon game as well. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like there's so many, there's like seven morning games and like eight afternoon games or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Love it. Uh, so Titans at Texans, Titans seven and a half point favorites. Titans know they have to win to get in. Um, like into this weird scenario, they actually could not make the playoffs. They could end up dropping to that eight seed. And so, I mean, a lot of bad things would have to happen for that, which I don't mm-hmm. think are possible. But they want to win that division, right? They want to have the home playoff game. So I'm going to take the Titans to win this game. Seven and a half points. That is a lot <laughs> bigger than I thought uh, as I start second in. Um, I'm still going to take the Titans. They have a bad taste in their mouth after getting their ass kicked. Yeah, out. that's exactly what I'm like. I feel bad for the Texans. Like, you guys are about to get bent over the knee and get your ass whipped is what's about to happen to them. So I'm picking the Titans to just destroy the Texans. I feel bad for the Sean Watson because it, he's just not going to have a good day. He's not going to have fun playing football in week 17 of this year. Um, and that's going to be it for the Texans. And then hopefully they can go find a new head coach and a general manager that somehow fixes everything Bill O'Brien did wrong with that organization. Our next so, game. Sorry, one second. I, I didn't talk about it earlier with Tampa Bay and Falcons. Do you think Raheem Morris has earned himself a, a job, like a head coaching job for the Falcons? for how well he's actually had the Falcons playing? That's a really good question. Because, I mean, the because he's a defensive coach, and the defense hasn't been bad since he's taken over. I mean, we saw what they were able to exploit with Kansas City and how well they played them. And, you know, they were able to slow down the, the screen game and Travis Kelsey coming across the formation after the snap. And, and I know we talked about this yesterday, Trace, but it was just – that game really has got me worried for Kansas City in the playoffs because of what the Falcons were able to do. Maybe this was their Super Bowl, and, boy, they played one hell of a game. And the Chiefs ultimately got lucky winning the game. Like, he got to a point where it was like, I kind of hope Kansas City loses. Like, I hope they just lose this game so they can just have an awakening moment before going into the playoffs because, holy smokes, they were playing like garbage. And when you bring that up about Morris as the head coach for the Falcons, I mean, maybe. Maybe you give him a two-year deal and kind of see where it goes. But the other question is, is like, 
Do you, where are you doing with this offense? What are you doing with Julio Jones? What are you doing with Matt Ryan? Are you about to blow this whole thing up? Do you want to blow it up and have Morris as a coach? Or do you want to have an offensive mind come in? Because you already went through the defensive coach route and the defense sucked. Would you want to keep him on a staff as like the head defensive coordinator? Like keep him there. You know what I mean? But then get your offensive guy in. I don't know. It's a serious question. There are a lot of big things. A lot of things are going to be figured out this offseason that determines the future of a ton of franchises. And I feel like this year we're going to see it more than we have in the past of like how many teams are in that phase of like, do we just need to blow this up? You know, and then you're going to have other teams that like, ah, we feel like we're kind of close. You know, we just need one more piece. Like, can we risk going and getting this veteran quarterback? Yeah, I think this offseason is going to be nuts. It's going to be yeah. a very, very fun offseason for all of it us. It really is. I think that because of the success all of these young coaches have had, I actually think this is the year that we see everybody, well, mainly everybody, go full on, let's go young and not to go the conservative route and hire one of the older coaches. Mm-hmm. I think that they go, let's let's go all in on this. And a lot of these teams are going to be that are going to be looking for a head coach are also going to be getting rookie quarterbacks. So they're going to be like, hey, let's just do this. Like, look what Kyle Kyler Murray's doing. And mm-hmm. let's, you know, and go for that route. Like, look what Jared Goff can do. Not saying that he's been great, but like he has his moments, right? Like we can go on and on and on. So um be interesting to see. All right, last game. Washington at Philadelphia. Uh this is for the NFC East. Washington wins. They are in. They lose. They are basically out. So uh, Washington is a game, or sorry, a game, a point and a half favorite over the Eagles. Uh, Alex Smith most likely going to be playing, and then yeah, so that's a good thing. But it sounds like Terry McLaurin is not going to be playing. I'm going to take the Eagles to win this and upset it. I think the Eagles they have a lot of pride. Of uh, actually, their defensive coordinator came out, Schwartz came out and said, "This is a hat game." we are not letting another team come into our house and put on division hats against us. And I think that this defense is going to have a lot of pride. You say that, but like, if this was the chiefs, like you'd be the exact opposite. Like I saw that. Yeah. But like the def- the difference in defensive coordinators is fucking Schwartz sucks. The defense hasn't been good all year. Now you got to want to step up and be like, Oh, this was a hat game. Get out of here. This defense just got annihilated by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Eagles, especially now. Especially? Okay. Yeah. I'm taking Washington. I think that just laugh all you want. It's going to be the offensive line that's beat up for Philadelphia. The Washington football team is going to create turnovers. They're going to get, you know, in the face of Jalen Hurts, and they're just going to force him to make mistakes. And I think Washington rolls out division winners, and they sit there and they wear their hats with pride in Philadelphia. So, see you later, Eagles. Yeah. We'll fly Eagles, fly out of here. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay. So going on to the player prop bets, um, it is over. I officially beat you. Uh, you cannot come back. But last episode, we decided let's do two games to try to give you a chance. So we're, we're going to give you another opportunity to come back. Here's the deal, though. The first one, the first game – I'll pick all the first ones. The second one, I'm going to make you pick the, all of them first. And I will, not just, I will not just copy them. I will do what I actually think. So uh, sure. first game is, as always, the Sunday night game. So Alex Smith, 287 passing yards. I'm going the under. 
I'm going over. Okay. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 60 rushing yards. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over as well. Logan Thomas, 59 receiving yards. Um, I will take the under on this. I'm going to take the over. Alex Smith loves his tight ends. He does. That was a tough one. Okay, Jalen Hurts, 238 passing yards. I will take the over on this. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Uh, Miles Sanders, Sanders, 75 rushing yards. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under as well. Okay. And Um, then – that's a lie. I'm taking the over. Miles Sanders over. He's going to have one big run. He's going to hit the edge, and he's going to be gone. He's done it. We've seen it several times this year. Okay. And Jalen, or sorry, and Zach Ertz, 35 receiving yards. Um, I will take the over on this. I'm going to take the over on that as well. Okay. So the next game I chose, I chose the Titans versus the Texans game. Yep. So and- uh, Tannehill, 235 passing yards. Over. I also am going to take the over on that one. Derrick Henry, 124 rushing yards. Over. Damn it. He's going to have like a two-piece. He's going to have a two-piece. I also am taking the over. I thought you would take Damn the over it. on that one. Sorry, dude. Okay. Uh, A.J. Brown, 73 receiving yards. Taking the under. Okay. That's where we'll go different. So I'm going to take the over on this one. Um, Deshaun Watson, 269 passing yards. I'll take the over on that. Take the over. Um, I'll take the. It's a nice number. I'll take the over. Okay. Uh, okay. David David Johnson, fifty six rushing yards. I'll take the over on that as well. I will take the under on this one. Okay. Um, and seventy three receiving yards for uh, Brandon Cooks. Over. Uh, if I'm going over two sixty nine, then I got to go over on this as well. So, okay. all right. So we have two, three, four, five, six. We only have six differences, so you can't come back anyways. Even even if the six differences you got all right and I got all wrong, you'd still lose by three. But do you want to change three of your picks? I'll let you one, that's what I'm getting ready to do right now. I'll get it so you can have nine differences and you'd have to get every single one of them right. To yep, it's going to be a fun one. Ryan Tannehill under. Okay. And then Cook's under. Receiver for the Texans under. Yeah, sorry. I was just adding up, making sure my math was right. So that's only – that's eight differences. Uh-huh. So one more. You son of a gun. Man, you're going to kill me. Derek Henry under. Derek Henry under. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. There's your nine. Best of luck to you, bud. <laughs> um, hey, I've so, done it before, man. I've done it before. Where I went opposite and I got all of them right. So, um, and this only ties me if I get all of them. Correct. Son of a bitch. <laughs> this isn't going to be a good look. Like I know you're going to come back next week and you're going to be like, okay, look at the, uh, look at the player brought record. And you're going to have like another nine point lead on me. So. Yeah, I mean, our, yeah, another nine to May 18. Um, yeah. So we have, and we have four differences on spread this week. So yep. 
that one's going to be close with it only being one difference there. So, um, all right, that does it for us. I hope you all have a great New Year's Eve and New Year's Day because you got some college football playoffs, which is going to be awesome. Um, before we sign off, I cannot, as a Ute fan, not say rest in peace, Ty Jordan. Uh, their running back, one freshman of the year, was a stud. Uh, sounds like an even better person and kid. Um, he unfortunately passed away last week um, from a self-inflicted gun wound, which is just so unfortunate. Uh, his mom passed away like two months before this. Uh, just heartbreak for that family, heartbreaking for the Ute family. Um, that kid was going to break records. Uh, me and you talked about him multiple times. I tweeted about him for like six consecutive games. Like uh, he, he had so much talent and uh, gone too soon. Yeah. So, you know, another thoughts and prayers out to this family, just to end 2020 with the loss of a mom, you know, and then a son, a brother, a nephew, a grandchild, like it's brutal for a family at this point in the year, getting ready to start a new year. It's not how anyone ever wants to begin one like this. So thoughts and prayers to him and his family um, and rest in peace, kid. All right. That does it for us tonight. And tonight we've been talking football.